0: that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Dw Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to The Fantasy Gesture.
1: folks, Fantasy Justice Show. I am he. How are you? Coming to you. Oh, juiced and ready to go. Leesburg, Florida. I'll tell you, some good times. If you've been paying attention to the show, we have been having some great times. JT and I just, uh, it's hard not trying to be an ass. It, It is hard you you yeah ha- I mean the record is the record I can't do anything about it j t can't do anything about it are we perfect no, but holy shit, the numbers are compiling just in all different directions and uh, and we'll get to that folks, fantasy justice show jester versus cotton I came up with that myself. We'll get into that one brought to you by fantasy justice sports dot. Blog Talk Radio bringing you this crystal clear sound. And a whole bunch of other sponsors that we'll get to later on in the show. Thanks for joining us tonight. Absolutely great night, this last day in September. It's getting ready. Tomorrow, October 1st, things just change. It, it, it's just a whole different feel. If you're a sports fan, October 1st represents so much. For baseball fans, October's here. This is it. 162 games leading up to all of this. We'll be discussing the World Series tonight. Football. We're about to end the first 4 weeks of the NFL already great times great times getting ready NHL kicks off Wednesday night hockey fans out there pumped to see some of these teams have made some interesting moves the young devils hey look at my young my young devils over there making a splash early i i think that's just great i don't expect that to last but Wow, they're looking fantastic. Good times. And then right behind, you know, if there's hockey, right behind it, basketball season. And as much as I bitch and I complain about it, it's going to be interesting to see how it finally all does play out. So, um, and a couple of teams that I want to talk to JT about. As tonight, we cover the Northwest. 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 All right. What do we have for a write-up tonight? Let's see what they put. Like I said, I came up with Jester versus Cotton. I'll get into that in my rant, actually, in my rant. Everybody wondering, am I getting in the ring? I've been in the – we'll talk about that. Jester's still hot right now and obviously feeling good. Yeah, it's hard not to feel good. I'm not going to be ashamed of how I'm doing or how JT's doing. I I'm sorry. Uh I I, I a long time ago first in this I probably would have been uh, and JT'll be on. He'll he'll tell you. If you if you don't know yet, JT my co-host been with me from the start and uh he'll tell you. I I probably would have been uh rude. Let's put it that way. Uh I've been a little bit more mellow this year uh, as JT and I go ahead, kicking ass. Uh, let's see. JT and Jester on a torrid pace. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Enjoy is Now they go for two hours. Yeah, folks, first-time listeners, this is our – as the sports world expands now as we're in this time of the year, we go two hours. This way we can cover each and every one because JT and I are uh, – Well, for sport offenders, we do cover and play fantasy sports in all four. So uh, we'll be able to break it down, give you advice in those, in each and every one of them all season long, uh, like we have. (sighs) MLB talk, Northwest Division, NHL sleepers, this week in football, uh, a partridge in a pear tree. What else can we give you? Honestly, let's take a look at things. I mean, I'm not, the record is the record. And we'll be able to post this up for all of you. We will, as soon as the baseball season is over, okay, the final standings uh, of my baseball teams. And I've been able to help as a bunch of people I help over at FSA uh, on uh, Facebook there. Uh, through their baseball playoffs, and it's been great. Uh, it's been fun over there. Uh, and right now, if, if you don't know, each and every one of my teams made it to the quarterfinals, and uh, that's where I left off. I haven't told everybody what went on during the quarterfinals and now in the finals and where, where it's all at. Uh, I left off there because I'm just going to now next week introduce everybody to Okay, here was Jester's baseball season. Uh, and, and as everybody's now following, even more so during the football season, they're starting to see uh, JT and I going ahead and doing well there. You can pretty much get the idea. If, you, if you're just picking up the Jester and JT thing, yeah, it, it's not a fluke. Watch. You'll see. Uh, NHL will follow suit. NBA will follow suit. And it it gets it gets kind of boring for some because they think uh, at first we were just bragging, like last year, first coming out, we were just bragging. Now, it's not bragging. it's just, okay, we've got to go over and review what we're currently doing. How are we doing? Are we doing okay? Or are we bringing the crap? Have we hit? What have we hit? and what have we missed? Because we do miss. But we're going to give you a lot more. Jester versus Cotton. That's my rant. My rant is that. That's what they're giving me. They're giving me cotton. The opponents that I'm facing, I guess, in baseball have been as soft as cotton. Because let me tell you something I can't wait till tomorrow's over and I can present to each and every one of you just exactly how baseball has been going. The record is out there right now. Football is uh, football is football. Hey, listen, if you have enough teams and you're playing football right now, everybody knows you've got a mix. I've got a mixed bag. I'll say it. Hey, listen, I've got everything from three and zero, two and one, one and two, zero and three, and I'm sure JT somewhere around there is in there too. And many of you, if you have enough teams, and that's what's great because we're also able to give you that perspective from. Different positions, where are you on your team and where are the teams going, what to look forward to, how to make moves, how to bolster your team so that you're still in it. This is go time, though. If you're 0-3, it's go time, so pay attention when we bring you our rendition of Sit Start this week. Let's get them in here. So that was it. That's my rant. Next year, I hope I face better baseball competition through those Yahoo leagues. My God. Anyway, let's get him in. You guys know him. If you haven't listened before, his name is JT, Jason Townsend. He comes to you from Dallas, Texas. You can find him. Fez437 on Twitter. What's up, man? How you doing? What's going on, Jeff? You with me? I'm
0: doing good. Oh, yeah. isn't this isn't great? We we isn't
1: into, this fun time? Yeah,
0: into week four. Week four, we got baseball playoffs, like you said. Uh, hockey next week. Yeah. You know, so Pittsburgh can get a 3 Yeah, at least I've got my Penguins I can lean on. Um, you know, I'm kind of hoping that uh, as the NBA season goes, the uh, once proud franchise that was the Los Angeles Lakers can uh, learn how to go to the playoffs without purchasing a ticket. Sometime in the near future, so all the sports uh, are coming into you know kind of one area here. So, and uh, we're here to we're here to help you with them. So, I'm ready
1: to roll. Before we get into, I want to talk about uh, World Series predictions tonight mm-hmm. and where you think this might go. Um, there's three different guys I want to talk to you about just real quick. Uh, first, Stanton, fifty nine. Sitting on 59, does he hit 60?
0: What is it, two to play? I think two to play for the Marlins. Yeah. Uh, at this point, I, I I mean, not that the kid doesn't seem to do it anyway, but uh, at this point I think he's swinging for the fences on every pitch. Uh, Marlins aren't, aren't going to the show, so they've got to have something they can hang their hat on. So, yeah, at this point I think he gets 60.
1: All right. Well, uh, all right. Uh, I guess I'm Captain Neg here. I go, I say, no, he doesn't. I say he chokes. He I say He chokes with 59 pressure. home runs. Folks, may yeah, we 59. all
0: choke. May we all choke in the Major League I At 59. 59
1: home runs. <laughs> My Lord, that's disgusting. Uh, let's go with another one. How about, how, what are you, 52 today now, as of today, uh, 52 for a young man named Aaron Judge. Yeah,
0: you know I gotta I gotta give a uh, gotta give a little shout out to Mr. Aaron Judge with his uh, 50 second home run during his rookie season uh, breaks breaks Mark McGuire, my Oakland A's Mark McGuire's 30 year old rookie record of 49 home runs his rookie year. So that's a you know it's a nice record for Aaron Judge to uh, tuck in his pocket. Uh, 52 home runs, if this kid can get the strikeouts down, you know, over 200 Ks, uh, that's his problem. He's got to get the Ks down. If he does, we're looking at an all-star for many, many years to come.
1: You know what? I'll take the Ks with the 50. If he's going to clock 50 homers and a 100-and-something teen RBIs, I'll take, I'll take the K rate because he won. I'll, I'll
0: tell you right now. I'll tell you right now, though, Jester, and I'll stand by this. If this kid doesn't participate in this past home run derby, he's well past Stanton right now and over 60.
1: I I agree with you because it brought – it seems like it brought back some old habits. Yes, it did. And uh, 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 But what's nice is that that was the question. Would he recover, though? See, there, we've seen it. We've talked about the hitters that permanently go into that funk. It's nice to see him recovering. Pick up a nice little pace here, right at the end, to get to fifty-two. Right. Trout becomes the fifth youngest to hit two hundred homers and one thousand hits. Fifth youngest.
0: Oh uh, yeah, you can. Yeah, not ever bet against Mike Trout either. So. I, I want to say that
1: kid, Yeah, that kid's future. I just hope I, – I really hope it's just not all him his whole career. You know uh, what i You look at him. I, I, the, guy, the kid, where it's the just kid keeps it. himself
0: in immaculate shape, you know, first and foremost. He's in immaculate shape. Uh, when do you hear him say something? Foot. In, the kid doesn't have foot and mouth disease like most of these NBA young stars or NBA – MLB young stars do at this point, and we'll get into the NBA part of that coming up soon. But you know, the kid shuts his mouth, he shows up, he uh, signs autographs, plays you know, plays baseball. He's just a throwback player to me, Uh, so I'll be rooting for this kid even though he's on a rival team. I'll be rooting for him the rest of his career.
1: Yeah, and and that because he seems you know, listen, he's a Jersey kid, so of course I'm going to pull for him there. Uh, The idea, though, to me is. I, i'm just concerned that he would stay someplace and hope to build because they, he's he's loyal to that team and they just never do it uh, i hope that doesn't happen for him i hope he gets the taste you know deep into well, the playoffs in a world Series run or something as be...
0: as winter comes in we mm. like we'll touch on this later i promise you this but My prediction is come the baseball winter meetings this year, he'll be wearing a different jersey come
1: spring training next year. Hmm. Do you have, uh, well, never mind. We'll save that for another episode. Save that. All right. Okay. All right. We'll tease for later on. There you go, folks. As we get, we'll get you ready for next baseball season right after Christmas. You know, JT, I I went ahead and, you know, I I talked to you about the whole World Series prediction. Here we are now. And it was funny because somehow only I could do this. I found one team. I found the same team literally in the NL, uh, in the AL, that's pretty much going to play each other. I don't, I I didn't, I I didn't plan that when I first sat down and I looked and I I said, okay, what is my prediction? And let me look at the numbers after, but just give it that eye test. What have I seen all year out of these two teams? And so I, with that gut feeling, I went ahead and I took two teams And I put down, okay, I want to know their home run hitter, their top uh, batting average guy, give me the team batting average, the team runs, the uh, on-base percentage for the team, and the slugging from the hitter's perspective. And then let me take a look at the top three pitchers. And what's crazy is, On my NL team, my top hitter has 36 home runs and 107 RBIs. My top AL team has 38 homers and 107 RBIs. My NL team, the top batter batting average is 321. On my AL team, 317. But here's where it starts to really get interesting. Batting average. My NL team is 266. My AL team is 264. My NL team runs is 810. My AL team is 814. Ready? My on-base percentage, NL, 332. 339 on AL. Okay. And then the best one, slugging percentage. NL 450, AL 452. I mean, as far as from an offensive standpoint, their best players and team rankings are pretty much identical. So then let's take a look at the pitchers. The third pitcher down on the NL team is 15-8, and eight, 2.75 ERA, with a 151 whip. I mean, 150, uh, 1.15 whip. Now, those numbers go up. That ERA and the whip go up once you transfer over to the AL and everybody has a good idea. So, right. But again, 15 and 8 as compared to 17 and 9. 4.19 ERA. 1.37 whip. But 10 Ks per 9. Those are your two number threes on these teams. Pretty damn good at that point and pretty close to identical there. Mm -hmm. So when I sat down and I looked at the world series and I put the Washington nationals against the Cleveland Indians, this is what I came up with two identical teams. I didn't know it until I sat down and started looking at the numbers like I said, I went by my eye test of what I saw all season long out of these two and what I thought would be the ulti- ultimate matchup and how they would get there. Hmm. That's, that's what I've got. That, that is my that's matchup. So that is what I'm calling right. the World Series is those two teams wow. because you know what? Rem- here's the one thing about that NL team. They are fourth in batting average. They are sixth in runs, okay? They are ninth in Uh on-base percentage, third in slugging, coming at you with three starters of Scherzer, Strasburg, and Gio Gonzalez. Right. The Cleveland Indians are coming at you fourth in runs, fifth in batting average, second on on on-base, second in slugging, coming at you with Kluber, Carrasco and then Bauer. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you know, Jester, you're you're doing something that I vowed in the spring when we talked baseball not to do, and I will stick to that. I am not touching the Washington Nationals. This I don't care if they're first in everything. This team every year is supposed to be that team to take that next step. And I'm sorry, the the Los Angeles Dodgers lineup. They're pitching. Why well, even get into their pitchers? They're pitching. It can be mediocre. But when you look at guys like Bellinger, Grandall, Chris Taylor, Corey Seager, just to name a few in this lineup, the defense this team plays, Yasiel Puig, the defense this team plays, and the, the historic run that they're on in the second half, looking to finish at just under 105 wins, 104 wins possibly. Uh, to me, it's, it's your hot goaltender theory. I'm going with the hot team in the National League. But I don't only, only want to talk about the American League yet other than to say, let's talk about the Minnesota Twins the first team in Major League Baseball history to lose 100 games the previous season and make the playoffs the next season. Think about that. Mm -hmm. They lost 100 games last year. And this team's front office management believed so much into this team that they traded their closer and Kinsler at the non-waiver trade deadline. And they had gone out and gotten Jaime Garcia from the Braves. He pitched one game and they flipped into the Yankees uh, before Mm -hmm. the deadline as well. So midseason, the management didn't even believe that this team was a playoff contender. But Paul Molitor, managing just like the guy played, one of the greatest yeah. all-time players I've ever seen, and he manages just like he plays, has this team in the playoffs against your Yankees. Now, here's the funny part. 2009-2010, the last two years the Twins were in the playoffs, guess who knocked them out? They're New York Yankees. So... Twins with a chance to exact some revenge on a team that's tormented them in their recent playoff history for the franchise. That being said, the cream of the crop, I agree with your American League choice. uh, Friend of the program, Jim Rosenhouse, is Cleveland Indians, and I see a Los Angeles Dodger Cleveland Indian World Series in our future.
1: You see, I, I give the same reason that you did for Washington, because L.A. just doesn't seem to do it come crunch time. It could I be understand. interesting.
0: I want that hot team.
1: I, now, because of that prediction, I hope I hope it comes down to the uh, National League being Washington, uh, L.A. That would be nice now. <laughs> uh,
0: any team led by Bryce Harper, I want nothing to do with it.
1: <laughs> no, listen, that team right now is being led by uh, Zimmerman being able to stay healthy all season long and just beating the hell out of that ball. Daniel Mer- Murphy has turned into really a, a solid, consistent hitter. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, when you're getting, you've got Scherzer, you've got Strasburg, and, and when you're getting Gio being sharp and giving you that 2.7 and, and that 1.15 whip. Now, I mean, remember. and during this time, understand, during this whole time, Taylor went down.
0: He was an Uh emerging
1: 2020 guy. Taylor went down. Uh, What's his name? The kid went down that I got in our league. um,
0: Oh, oh, You're talking about a shortstop. Trey Turner.
1: Turner, yeah. Turner, they've lost Turner for a while. So, I mean, they've done all right. They've gotten... Through well, and still manage the, to have these kind of numbers. Right
0: No, no, I agree Now before before we leave baseball though, I'd be remiss to, to not ask you We're talking about there was this team that won the World Series last year That before the All-Star break was a sub-500 team Who won 45 out of their last 69 games That's a 652 winning percentage, people We're not talking about the Cubbies at all
1: No You're not Are you at all? Are they in the discussion?
0: Forty-five wins out of sixty-nine games—that's one hell of a run. Uh, I mean, if the Dodgers didn't have the second half that they had, this would be the talk of baseball. Uh, You think about that—a six-fifty-two winning percentage from a team that was a sub-five-hundred team going into the All-Star break. So something kicked—you know, something—the light came on in that clubhouse. Uh, I just think that if there's any team that we haven't mentioned that has a chance to uh, be a fly gotcha. in the ointment, it's the Chicago Cubbies.
1: That would, it would be, you know, from a, from a history standpoint, from, from a baseball love of the sport standpoint, it, it would be nice that two teams after so long now face each other back-to-back back in the rematch. That that would that would add to that would definitely add to baseball war. Oh absolutely. but no, I still take Washington Cleveland. Next <laughs> <laughs> uh, So So much for the natural, okay. Yeah, that that's why it was a movie, folks. <laughs> uh, I'll put a pin in that. Pink Anyway. All right. Moving along. We do. uh, We are at week four. Green Bay Chicago comes out with uh, a two-game suspension for a hit that deserved pretty much the two-game suspension. Did I mean? Did you agree with the suspension or no?
0: Oh, I, I personally, I think he kicked the guy out of the league. Uh, I know that's harsh. But the thing I find amusing, and, and this is directed out there towards one particular former NFL player in particular, Mr. Ryan Clark, the big mouth from ESPN Network. You know, you talk about how, how bad Goodell and, and all these owners are and how they don't care. Hey, man, look in the mirror because you're one of them. It's the players that are hurting each other. No one told that kid to go out there and try to take Devontae Adams' head off. He did it himself. No one told Vontez Burfict a couple years ago to try to decapitate Antonio Brown over the middle. He did it himself. Y'all are doing this to each other. Kick him out of the league. Uh,
1: you know, uh, it, it's funny. Uh, I, I would have thought that the players themselves would have policed this. You would and think. And I guess. I I guess. Well, you know why. Uh, Not from a, you know, listen, I've never played at the NFL level, but we did have Jeff Cross on. And I remember him giving us a very funny story, but still nonetheless, the locker room taking care of things themselves. And him even saying management didn't do anything because they knew the boys would take care of it themselves. right. So I guess a lot's changed in the locker room because apparently they're not policing themselves on, you know, it's the idea of this repeat offenders. Right. There are guys that, Hey, listen, they might be having a bad day, bad game, bad mood, whatever, losing, frustrated and all this. But if you're a regular offender, that's when your team pulls what the Miami dolphins did and tape their player to the goalpost naked and then sprinkle them with itching powder. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's beautiful. I thought that well, was, I, I don't, thought that I was, don't, was I don't, <laughs> fantastic.
0: I don't know that that was beautiful or that's the proper word to think about with this particular player uh, being taped naked to a goalpost, but I, I digress.
1: Anyway, let's get into, uh, Let's get into the the very early folks. Don't forget, set your lineup. If you're not an early riser, uh, make sure you set your lineup if you've got New Orleans-Miami players as we get ready from jolly old England again to bring you... Uh, hey, listen, one of the things... And this is... Uh, I, I can't wait. JT, you're going to go ahead and start us off on this. Uh, Jay Ajayi has... 30 to 40 family members there because he's from England. It's going to be an interesting thing to see what he pulls.
0: Well, I mean, after what he pulled last week, I hope he's wearing a cup because like I said on Thursday's show, the guy wasn't right after the first hit of the game. And if you got that many family members at the game, you may want to be in this game, Jay, because we are not going to win this game without your help. Uh, looking at this matchup, you know, you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you, the NFL this year has been such a crapshoot. When you look at the numbers, the numbers, sometimes they do lie. I look at that New Orleans defense, and I look at the style of defense they played last week, and if they play that same style, the very physical, uh, a lot of press coverage at the line of scrimmage, that's exactly, in my opinion, what they're going to do against uh, these receivers from Miami. And Landry, who's a thick, physical guy, but it still seems to mess up his, his fluidity. You know, he just doesn't seem to get back into his route after he's jammed at the line. Devontae Parker, a tall, lanky guy, not necessarily a big, strong guy. So I think we're going to see a lot of that from New Orleans this week. Uh, as far as Miami running the ball, 11 for 16 from Ajayi last week. You got to expect a bounce back, especially having, like you said, 50 family members in attendance. I think Ajayi does end up over the century mark. I'd like to see him sprinkle in 30, 40 yards receiving and a touchdown. New Orleans side of the ball, if you've got Michael Thomas, this is the week to start this kid. If you, you know, Last week he had a bounce back. First two weeks kind of rough. He's going against Byron Toast Maxwell of the Miami Dolphins, and it's going to be mm-hmm. ugly. I think Fort Lewis is going to win this game big. Look for a big day from Breeze. I look for a big day from Alvin Kamara because he's the type of running back that hurts Miami. But Michael Thomas is the guy to play, play this week.
1: Yeah, I have a uh, fantasy special for everybody out there. I'm going to tell you right now, Jay Jai is going to go apeshit tomorrow, folks. I mean, how many opportunities is he going to get to go back home to England Uh to play a game? Against, even better though, New Orleans is the ninth worst with rush yards against at 126.7. So he's already playing a defense that's a little soft against the rush. At home, I'm sure everybody on the team is cognizant that he's from there, so they're going to kind of try and bust their ass maybe a little bit harder for him. I expect a big run game out of him, and that's going to help open things up for Cutler to have a decent day, in my opinion. I, I, we'll see. We're going to find out. But that's the way I see that. I am really looking for, for uh, Ajayi owners to really enjoy well, the hell out of tomorrow. Uh, yes.
0: And don't forget, we should see Willie Sneed back tomorrow as well, correct?
1: Uh, no. From everything I'm hearing, they're likely to hold him out one more week. He's not okay. quite ready. That was the last report. Matter of fact, I had read that about an hour before coming on air is that he, they, they're more than likely to hold him out one more week just to make sure he's fine and, and get him set. <sighs> Interesting. Uh, I, I guess you, you feel that you can get by maybe against uh, the Miami uh, corners with the, uh, with uh the wide receivers that they have, the three that they have. Well, you know, Ted Ginn, be a tough matchup. Yeah, Ted
0: Ginn, yeah. Yeah, Ted Ginn, uh you know, Michael Thomas, Kobe Fleener, I think all three of those guys had a nice day. I just mm. Michael Thomas against Byron
1: Maxwell scares me. Yeah, that's well and that's uh yeah. And, and that whole that whole thing is uh, again, do you need him this week against that secondary with the weapons that you have? Maybe not, dude. You, you don't need to push him. So I, I, that's probably the logic that they'll roll with. And that, like I said, up until an hour before the show, that's everything I've heard. So it'll be interesting uh, to see how that game plays out, though. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Panthers, New England. Interesting matchup here. Let's first take a look at the running backs. You know, Stewart hasn't hit the end zone yet. That changes. He gets to face the defense that has led up the most fantasy points to running backs this year. I'm saying about 15 carries for 80 yards and a touchdown. Gillisley on the other side, okay, last week had the off week. Going to happen every once in a while. Bill's going to change shit up. So he went uh, 12 for 31. And this week he's facing a defense that's fourth fewest in fantasy points Not expecting much more, but, uh, you know, Brady also faces the fourth fewest fantasy points to quarterback's defense, so it's going to be an interesting game as far as uh, fantasy-wise for uh, New England. My thing is this, is I wouldn't be surprised now as they've gone ahead. It seems like uh, they've gone on this little roll with Hogan. You know, Hogan had zero touchdowns the first game, won the second, two the th- uh, third, okay? You know what that means? Watch Amendola this week. That's what that means. Uh, you really have to watch just about anybody. Gronk, uh will be Gronk. Uh, expect that to happen. Now, on the other side, though, here's the thing. Newton played New Orleans last week and you figure he would have done well against not the greatest defense in the league. And he still only did 17 uh, 17 of 26 for 167. No touchdowns, three interceptions. Big concern. One of the bigger concerns was he going to lose his number one receiver from everything I've read. Benjamin's playing this week. He will have him. This is A big game for Benjamin. Expect that. Here's the thing. They get to play. If you can't get healthy right now, you're never going to get healthy as you're playing the team that has let up the most fantasy points. They are the worst team against the pass at 341.7 a game. They average the most points against, as a defense, 31.7 a game. So if you can't get healthy here, all you Cam Newton fans that haven't already ditched him, and I have on a couple of teams, just because simply better on the waiver at that point where I felt more confident. And then there's other teams where I kept it. I said, okay, I can hold them for one more week. My team around them was doing well, and I'm holding them through this, because if if he doesn't look good here, forget about it. That's that, this, I have no hope for him at that point. Uh-huh. Um, and the other thing is keep keep your eye. Uh, JT mentioned this, and he's been talking about Curtis Samuel. Uh, his targets have gone from zero the first week, three the second week, five last week. Keeps increasing there, folks. So you might want to pay attention to him as well.
0: Keep. I, like, I agree. Keeping on him, he is out officially for this week, but I think going forward, someone that they're trying to get in the offense.
1: Yes. Yes. No, they definitely like him, and uh, it just is going to keep, continue to signal the replacement of Funchess in that in that offense, in the pecking order there in, in that offense. Jags, Jets, JT, hit it.
0: Um, this is all about two numbers. This is the number two overall defense in the league in Jacksonville versus the number 30 overall offense for the Jets. When you look at that, that's really all you need to know. Think about that. <laughs> uh, when I look at the Jags offense, uh, you know, paced by Leonard Fournette, 57 carries for 199 yards, three touchdowns so far, so one a game. Just averaging a little over 3.5 yards a carry. I expect that number to climb. You know, Blake Bortles, just under 600 yards, six touchdowns, only two interceptions through three games, albeit four of those touchdowns were last week. Uh, going forward, though, I think I think the Jester touched on a little bit Thursday night. It looks like Bortles is starting to get comfortable back there for the first time in a long time. Uh, Alan Hearns, 12 catches, 144 and two scores, the former Miami product, uh, starting to show a little bit like he did two years ago after a down year last year. You do have just players. Bilal Powell is supposed to get the start this week. And, man, he draw mm. a tough assignment. A Jacksonville defense is not the defense I want to be going against in my first start. But saving grace, fantasy owners. Bilal Powell can maybe give you 30, 40 yards of the ground, but he's capable of 60, 70, 80 through the air. He's a dual threat kind of guy. He does catch the ball well. And I do think we're going to see McCown dumping that ball off it to look like the scene from the old movie Necessary Roughness where the quarterbacks behind the refs yelling, and blow the whistle because he's going to be under a siege from that Jacksonville defense all afternoon. I'm not starting. I don't care if it's Curse, Robbie Anderson, Bilal Powell. I'm not starting a Jets player. And just when I flip over to the Jags side, I think Leonard Fournette's a good start. Mercedes Lewis is kind of a hit or miss if you're looking for help at that tight end position. The guy over his career has had big games in bunches. Three, four games out of the season in a row, he'll tend to be relevant and then disappear. Maybe you ride the wave there. Uh, Blake Bortles I don't think is a bad start, but I have him outside my top 20 quarterbacks this week. So if you have someone, eh, you know, if you have someone a little better or you're a little bit more trusting up, I want to see a little more from Bortles before he gets up inside my top 20. And lastly, I do like Alan Hearns, though, this week uh, as a flex wide receiver. Low end wide receiver, two flex position.
1: Nice. Yeah, that's that, exactly uh, the only part that I'm going to uh, possibly disagree with you on there, sir, is uh, Bilal Powell and what he'll get. I think he's less hindered by the Jags defense that is currently right now uh, fifth worst in yards against at 135 a game. My, my concern for him is going to be uh, what he faces from within the team in Elijah Maguire. Mm-hmm. They kind of, they're starting to, the kid's starting to uh, raise an eyebrow or two. And I, I'm wondering how many, this is something to monitor and really at this game, monitor exactly how many uh, carries this kid starts to vulture while he has the opportunity now with Forte on the side. So um, now those, yeah.
0: The only negative to him and I do mm-hmm. you look at it. You look at Todd Bowles, old school kind of coach. We didn't see him again after he put the ball on the turf last week. So against Miami. So is he going to pull one of those uh, Jay Grooves and say, Oh, we don't forget fumbles in this organization. You know, I want to see, uh, I want to see where they where, where they go with that going forward.
1: Boy, we've seen, we've seen two completely different stances on that. Haven't we from uh, coaches oh. about putting that ball on the ground and, Keeping with that guy afterwards, it's uh it's been interesting.
0: Uh, Andy Reid <sighs> is like a genius every week, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, he does. He, well, like I said, you know, we talked about it well, weeks ago uh, about, you know, he just knows how to pick running backs. Mm-hmm. He really has an yes, eye for his running back. Um, you know, and speaking of running backs, this game here has a foursome, and I'm about to give everybody – Tennessee Houston has an interesting foursome of running backs. And, you know, you look at DeMarco Murray and uh, I, he's, you know, probably healthy, but, you know, I can see has he, he might struggle to get 100 uh, yards this week. Uh, look for about 80 as you're going against this Tennessee defense. This Tennessee defense isn't that great against the pass. But against the run, it is one of the better defenses. It's uh, it's completely different, uh, as bad as they are against the pass, and we'll get to that. Besides that, they are going to continue to split carries between him and Big Boy, okay? That's not going to change. He's not going to disappear for those uh, DeMarco Murray owners. Getting into that, though, Will Fuller, on the uh, Houston side returns and I'll get to the, I'm going to get to the running backs in a second in, in Houston. I want to talk about Wolf Fuller returning first though, because everybody keeps talking about how he's going to stretch that defense so that the running game has an effect. And my question is, if he shows up, will his hands see, because sometimes he comes out of the locker room but he leaves his hands back in in the locker room, and it won't matter. He's not going to really pull a lot of double coverage. He's not going to pull a lot of people over to the, his side, cheating to his side, if they're not worried about him catching the ball. So that's going to be something to watch because it is going to continue. Right now, everybody's still waiting for Foreman to take over Miller's spot, yet the amount of touches uh, that Miller is getting a game has yet to see that hit. And my belief there is, is that eventually Foreman will take over. What's going to happen now is he's gone ahead, he's passed blue on that depth chart, look for him now to prove the one thing that Miller can't do any longer, and that is have that breakaway, where he's a threat to break one for 60 mm-hmm. yards, 50 right. yards. 70 yards. Once he proves that he can do that on a, a more than once, that's when that backfield will become his. Um, now, against this kind of defense, we're going to find out. Now, Houston did, uh, and taking a look at Tennessee uh, and their wide receivers over there, Corey Davis is still out, so you're going to have Rashard, Matthews, and Decker and they're going to face a backfield, a defensive backfield that has led up 10th most fantasy points to wide receivers going to be a, a little bit more interesting play this week. Uh, I think we might uh, a little bit of a Decker sighting. I'm calling for a Decker okay. sighting this week. Um, so it, it's going to be a, a, an interesting week. Remember one thing though. Okay. About this Houston defense. They let up 376 to Brady last week. They're, they are one of the worst against the pass. They're awful against the pass. So well, They
0: got to get that pass rush. J.J. Watt needs to start getting home a little bit more. He uh, take some of the pressure off those corners.
1: Yeah, and, and both tight ends now in the tight end scheme over there in Tennessee, uh both uh Giannu and walker they they are going to face uh a middle of the pack defense so again now it becomes interesting to watch because I would imagine if you're a walker owner, you're not happy about somebody vulturing all these touchdowns all of a sudden j t right, right well it, see it, that trend continuing funny. yes it
0: I do. And I don't see it being a problem for Delaney Walker. Consummate pros taking this kid under his wing. The player comp for Johnny Smith coming out in the draft was Delaney Walker. So he found, mm-hmm. fell in the absolute perfect system. They, they don't Tennessee doesn't have to change the play calling or the scheming whatsoever when he's in the game, which I think makes Mariota a little more comfortable and a little more likely to target him just as much as he's targeted Delaney Walker. So, yeah, I see that trend continuing.
1: Interesting about – having a player that fits the system. Can't wait to get one of those games later on. Uh, We'll we'll be talking about that moving right along. Great matchup. I've always, I, there, there are certain games that I'll go ahead each week and make sure I want to pay attention. What's going on on this one. Let's watch this one. Let's watch this one. And I'm watching the Pittsburgh Baltimore game. Always. Doesn't matter anybody's record. Uh, They they always play old-fashioned, smash-mouth football, it seems like. And and I don't expect much different. Give us the breakdown this week, JT.
0: What I'm looking at here is, this is generally a low-scoring game, no matter how hot either offense is. These two teams play each other hard. They play each other fierce. And most of the time, it's not a high-scoring game. Now, when I look at this, I look at how many teams are there in the NFL, Jester? 32, right?
1: Yes, sir. Because,
0: uh, yeah, that's where the Ravens' passing offense is at this point. Ranked 32nd in the NFL, uh, and they're 2-1 somehow despite that. So just their, their total offense, they're ranked 32. Passing offense, they're ranked 32. Their running game, fourth. So they're living with the running game. They're ridden with the middle-of-the-pack defense right around 18th at this point going after three weeks. Uh, when I look at Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's defense, you know, tough. They, they, they bend but don't break, kind of what you see from Kansas City. Had a little trouble last week with the running game. Jordan Howard exposed them. I wonder if Baltimore saw some stuff in that footage uh, when they looked at the tape on that to say, okay, we see a few things we can do. I don't expect much from the passing game. I'm not quite sure what's going on with the raid. We talked about it in the, uh, the offseason or in preseason, just here. There's just not a lot of like there in the passing game. Benjamin Watson's their leading receiver with 11 catches, 103 yards and a touchdown. Uh, mm-hmm. At this point, when Benjamin Watson, a <laughs> up-in-years veteran, uh, uh, I'll just say that, a up-in-years veteran at this point, leading your passing attack, uh, that, that doesn't bode well. What I do think bodes well, though, is I'm going to say it again. I've said it for three weeks. I'll say it again. Alex Collins, I think we're going to see more from him this week. If Mr. Coach Harbaugh continues with his statement of, we're going to play the guy that's earned the touches, the guy with the hot hand, well, Alex Collins has been their best running back two weeks in a row. So I'm likely to see what, what Alex Collins can do against Pittsburgh defense. Like I said, was susceptible to Jordan Howard last week. Uh, Flip side, looking at Pittsburgh's offense, Le'Veon Bell against a tough team last week. Still 52 carries on the season, 180 yards and a touchdown, starting to look a little bit more like himself, looking like the guy that everybody expects in fantasy. Uh, Antonio Brown leading lay with already 26 catches, 354 yards, only one touchdown, but I think this is a week where he gets a two. I look for two touchdowns from Antonio Brown this week. Jesse James, lead the tight end position. You know, we talked about Vance McDonald nice. when the trade happened. You know, with Vance McDonald going to be the guy? Well, Jesse James has gone to the tune of 12 catches for 87 and two touchdowns this season. I think Jesse James is a guy I would play this week. Ben seems to utilize the tight end position. In this matchup, historically, the tight end has done well for Pittsburgh. I look for that to continue. Uh, lastly, Terrence West owner's. The sky hasn't fallen yet. I know he's been off the last couple of games. He's a little banged up. According to the organization, he's still their guy. We'll see what happens when he gets healthy. I don't think he's a guy you drop yet. But go get Alex Collins. Put him on your bench because the writing's on the wall in there. By season's end, he will be the lead dog, and he will have been the lead dog for several weeks.
1: Could be, it could be an interesting this week, believe it or not, this week for him you know, you don't normally think of a Pittsburgh defense as a defense that you can run against, but right now, uh, they're letting up 122.7 a game. A game. in rush yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so it could be an interesting this week for, for the young man. Keep an eye on him for sure. JT has been giving him uh, for a little bit now. So, uh, maybe you should pay attention as his workload increases. And, uh, that yards per carry is uh, grotesque right now. So uh, Cincinnati takes their asses to Cleveland this week.
0: Why would a difference oh. a
1: week can make, huh? Yeah. Now everybody's uh, looking to kill themselves that are uh, Bengal fans this week. And uh, a lot is different. You know, one of the things that you gotta love and it's a tale of two different backfields here in this that for a fantasy player, for somebody who plays fantasy sports, you've got fantasy teams and you play football, one of the best things that you could ever, ever, ever want to hear is that your offensive coordinator does not believe in a running back by committee. That is just, that is a wet dream. Okay, just right there going, oh, thank you. And then when he goes out and starts proving it, it's like, oh, yes, thank you. Thank you. We have wanted many like you. Could you reproduce more of you, please? It makes it a lot easier, I'll tell you, when you can go ahead and then plug somebody with the talent level of mixing. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, he goes against the defense that uh, 92 yards last week, three touchdowns on the ground to that vaunted Indianapolis run game. So if they let up three touchdowns and 92 yards to Indy, what is Mixon going to do this week? Should be interesting. Um, Now, on the other side, Crowell and Duke Johnson are both dinged. uh, But right now, you know, Crowell owners are very frustrated. When you can't get more than 44 yards so far, that's his best output in a week It's 44 yards. He's done 33, 37, and then 44. And then you're facing a Cincinnati defense that gives up the sixth fewest fantasy points. You're not really feeling comfortable about owning Crowell this week, and you shouldn't. Uh, I don't have him starting in any league this week. I have taken him out of the ranks. Uh, the only reason why is, uh, I'm still holding him it is just in case Duke Johnson gets hurt and he gets those extra carries now. But it is a committee. And now with them both dinged, both uh, uh, having a shoulder problem, it's, it's definitely a committee back there. So kind of tough. The only person worth owning of the other two right now is Duke in a PPR setting. Uh, then you got Dalton. Will he continue uh, his mediocrity and his three-step drop now that he's found with the new coordinator? Uh, They're going to be facing the team that's given up the seventh most fantasy points. So we might continue with another decent week out of Dalton, obviously to green. But what's going to be interesting is going to be uh, Tyler Croft this week. Uh, Seen going ahead now, going to take over five, and and I can see this kid going uh, a little surprised for some people, maybe five catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown Mm -hmm. out of him as well. Now, for poor Cleveland, though, on the other side, look for Kaiser to struggle against the team. They've let up uh, only the 17th most points, and he's currently right now at a three touchdown to 17 interception rate. Uh, Britt finally got what Britt wanted in more touches, but then didn't uh, capitalize on those touches. But I look for Britt to continue to see touches uh, one more week Njoku Joku uh, seems to be the guy that they look for now goal line uh, after not uh, getting a touchdown the first one. He's gotten a touchdown. The uh, last each of the last two games, not getting a lot of looks any place else, but on the goal line. So, Uh, See how that develops and keep an eye for once that starts stretching out. You know, if they're trusting him down on the goal line, uh, it might not be far before, you know, he develops further where they can trust him uh, further out and trusting him further out is just more, obviously, if he's there getting touchdowns on the goal line, he's not good at run blocking because he's just there to go catch the touchdown. Uh, And that's why they don't use him uh, further back. So, if he develops other aspects of his game, watch to see if now, okay, his targets are going up and they're further from the goal line. Um, and, I, and that's gotta, pretty much what ask. I've got. Yeah.
0: i got to ask. You said three touchdowns, to 17 interception ratio. I'm assuming you mean seven for Deshaun Kaiser Because at 17, they better seven. sit his ass on the bench and get Hogan in there. Um but do you factor no, the rushing 17th? touchdowns with this They're
1: game? going against the 17th. Uh, no, what I said was they're going against the 17th most, the, the, mm-hmm. the defense that's given up so, the 17th most points in fantasy. Do you factor
0: the rushing touchdowns from this guy, though?
1: Yeah, but hopefully your league doesn't give you points off for interceptions either.
0: Right. I mean, he's averaging, no, no, he's averaging better than right. two a
1: game. Mm-hmm.
0: I think I like mm-hmm. what I've seen from him so far. Uh, you know, I mean, he's had to force some balls late in games. He did bring him back. The kid left the game with a migraine a couple weeks ago. Came back strong. Uh, you know, Indianapolis' rush defense is pretty good this you know pretty good this season, like you mentioned. Um, Jacoby Brissett, do you see him as? Uh, where do you rank him this week in that game? I'm sorry, not Brissett, but Andy Dalton taking Indianapolis this week. But Andy Dalton, do you see more of what we saw from Andy Dalton last week?
1: Yeah, like I said, they're going ahead. They're playing against the team that's led up the seventh most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So I look for that so three-step drop three... to continue. There it is. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I look for all that to continue, like and because and it is going to get easier because you know what? I I'm a big proponent. I'm glad to see an offensive coordinator that's in a proponent of getting the running back and his offensive line working together as a unit, getting that rhythm going, okay? And obviously there is not anybody who has ever watched football that doesn't know the best friend of any quarterback is a running game. So, again, as that running game gets a little bit more steady and those three-step drops and and all these things start to work in together, yeah, you're going to see Dalton be efficient. Okay, don't look for Dalton to be Brady. Look for Dalton to be efficient. If you're winning games, it won't matter if he's not Brady. Nobody cares. You just want to win. I like it. Let's see, what do we have? Detroit, Minnesota, that's you.
0: Yeah, this should be a good good game, Uh, you know, rivalry game. Uh, Detroit swept the Vikings last season, took both games. This is a different Vikings team this year. Uh, An explosion from Case Keenum last week with three touchdowns. Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen go bananas. Uh, Did not see that coming. All in that, I would have sat both of those receivers last week. Jester said he wanted to wait one more week just to kind of see Keenum get a chance to get accustomed to these guys. Uh, So, wow. At this point now, how do you sit a Stephon Diggs? who had two touchdowns and 173 yards last week. Uh, flip over the Lions side of the ball, though. Matthew Stafford him mean, is my 11th best quarterback play of the week. I think Minnesota is susceptible, even with all those first-round picks in their secondary, Everson Griffin coming off the line, Linval Joseph, Sheree Floyd. They don't seem to be hitting the quarterback as much as I thought they would with, with, with the defensive players they have. You know, Eric Kendricks at linebacker, Anthony Barr coming off the edge. That defense, I think, is uh, good on paper at this point. But when you look at the stats, they're middle of the road. I like Matthew Stafford this week. I like Golden Tate this week, 21 catches on the season so far. I have him as my 21st best wide receiver this week, which puts him at, uh, if you take a 14-team league, you're looking at a mid-wide receiver too. But I think there's some upside there. He tends to have a big game when he plays against Minnesota. I think that trend continues this week. A sleeper for you to keep an eye on is TJ Jones, receiver in Detroit. Notice that they're starting to kind of work him in a little bit. Matthew Stafford seems to really like this kid, be comfortable with him. I think that's a guy just to kind of put on your watch list, see what's happening going forward. Kenny Galladay has been kind of quiet since the first week, so you wonder what's going on there. Flip over to Minnesota, let's talk to Alvin Cook. I mean, what else can you say? I have him as a 10th best running back play this week. The guy has uh, 10 catches for 82 yards on the season. Uh, Ryland Brennaval, 4.7 per carry behind the suspect offensive line going into the season has shown that the moves that that Minnesota made for the front office, they put together a nice offensive line. The kid just doesn't quit either. If you see him, I watched some plays last week where you knew he was stopped for a three-yard loss, ended up being a four-yard gain. Those are the kind of guys you want in fantasy. Those are the guys that are going to continue to get touches. Uh, Stefan Diggs, I already said, hey, you play Thielen, you play Diggs going forward. Kyle Rudolph, though, rookie Gerard Davis, should be back for Detroit. I know he's out of the concussion protocol, uh, practicing on a limited basis so far this week. Looks like a kind of guy that just seems to control the middle of that field. If he plays, I'm not playing Kyle Rudolph. I'm looking for better options.
1: Can I ask you a question about this uh, matchup here? Let's play what if. Mm -hmm. What if Case Keenum lights it up again? What if Case Keenum finds himself where he currently is on the QBR ranking, on the QBR Mm -hmm. list? He is currently second, sandwiched between Brady and, and Ryan, mm-hmm. what if he this continues an easy, easy another week where he lights up for another 350, three, whatever, three and change doesn't matter, three mm-hmm. and put whatever number you want there, couple of touchdowns, okay. and his QBR sits still right there behind Brady, just ahead of Ryan. Mm-hmm. You pull that kid. Really?
0: Absolutely. Without question, I pulled that kid. Because let's go back to week one when Bradford was 32 out of 37. Let's not forget, Sam Bradford hasn't been a slouch. Let's also talk about the Sam Bradford that threw for around 4,000 yards last year and was quite a bit better than people gave him credit for being or was going to be in Minnesota. And let's look at the coach. Mr. Zimmer is an old-school coach. And you don't lose your position due to injury. There's not even a question in my mind. There's not even a decision to be made here at Sam Bradsford team.
1: Here. just want to check. See. See what you had to say. I want to throw a for, for instance out there to you. For well, What do you
0: do in that situation if you're Mr. Coach Zimmer?
1: Um, wow. If I'm the coach... I brought both guys to the team, didn't I? Yes, you did. Uh I have to you know because of they're, they're both doing well, that would be something I try and get a pulse of the team. Maybe the maybe oh, that decision is something no, no, the idea, but no, listen, you know what players respect. See, that might be something that I would take a look at. Just as as a contributing factor, if I have a guy that, yeah, he's putting up numbers, but he doesn't really have that locker room. Mm-hmm. As compared to another guy who, well, he's putting up the same damn numbers, but he's got the locker room. I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell you where I go. Oh, okay. Okay. To be uh, yeah, we're going to see where this plays out because we're going to see. I, I have a very good feeling, you know, a lot of people talking about how good this uh, uh, Detroit team is uh, for fantasy points defense, but in real life, they're 11th worst against the pass at 267 a game. Uh-huh. So we're gonna we're gonna find this out, I have a feeling, where Keenum does have a very nice game. And what does the coach do? Gonna be interesting. Moving along. LA Rams. Dallas Cowboys. Start out with the backfield folks. Okay. Elliott started a roll last week against Arizona. 22 for 80 and a touch. Look for that to continue against an L.A. Rams defense that has let up the second most fantasy points to a running back. Nice little number there for you to have, especially knowing that it's Elliott. But I'm pretty much just confirming what you knew anyway. You drafted him. You're starting Elliott anyway. so Gurley, rolling strong. 241 so far on the season, four touchdowns, nice start, looks like a completely different back, going to be playing against a defense that's middle of the pack as far as uh, fantasy points allowed, so should have another decent week, look for another touchdown, probably 17 for like 80 yards out of him, you know, middle a uh, middle-of-the-pack kind of uh week out of him playing against that middle-of-the-pack defense. Dez, uh, uh, he's got 11 catches on the year for 114, two touchdowns. That wasn't the last game for this elite wide <laughs> receiver. Yes, I'm talking Stephana, that was top, for the top year. Elite
0: stud. That's an elite stud wide receiver right there.
1: If I ever hear anybody mention his name and Odell's in the same breath, I'm going to slap the shit out of you. (laughs) I swear to God. I swear to God. That has nothing to do with being a giant fan. It's a numbers thing, folks. 11 for 114, two touchdowns out of your number one wide receiver over three games.
0: Right, and the and the award for the most overdrafted wide receiver in fantasy goes to? Mr.
1: Without Desmond. a question. Uh, look for Dak to get one on the ground, though, this week, as well as uh, uh, one through the air. Uh, he's playing. I, I look for him. This is a kind of uh, a Dak, perfect Dak game, where you're yeah. not going to get a lot out of him in the yards department. Probably one touchdown in the air, one running, very pedestrian, just enough to get through the game. Again, I just see Elliott just tearing the shit out of this defense. I see it as a big run game. Okay. On the other side, at quarterback, I see Jared Goff. Man, 8-17, five touchdowns and one interception.
0: You know, Jester, I've been waiting since, since, since the meeting. When I saw you had this break, I've been waiting to say this. If there's a particular corona drinking individual listening, we had an argument about this particular player all around this time last year. What I tell you, give him a season, get rid of Jeff Fisher, let's see where he's at. And I believe he's a top five rated quarterback so far after three weeks.
1: Yeah, yeah. My little corona drinking buddy, haven't heard from him in a while. (laughs) What are you going to do? Uh, averaging but 270 per game. He's averaging, 200, averaging 270 yards a game, folks. <laughs> Almost two touchdowns a game. Playing a Dallas defense that has given up the 12th most fantasy points. Don't be surprised at the outcome of this game. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against the Rams. I'll tell you that Well, one.
0: Well, let me give you, Jester, let me give you a question here for this game. So it seems like each week it's been a different um, featured receiver, whether it's Watkins, Woods, Cooper Cup, Gerald Everett. Uh, who, who do you see being the receiver to play or the receiver to own from that Rams offense this week? Because Tavon Austin completely disappeared.
1: I I you know what? I wouldn't be surprised, okay, to see Watkins truly develop to be the man there. If he can stay healthy, he's got the talent. He's got the yeah. talent. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I I could still see him being a very very good play and they're going to listen, they have to go ahead and see what he has. They'll get to Cup. Right now, Cup isn't being used as much, but Cup's going to be a guy that is, he's not future. somebody for this year as much as towards the end of the year this year and then moving forward. They have to find out, and that's why you're seeing them move around. See, right now, the best thing to do is to keep it diverse so you're not putting any pressure on any single person to be that offensive weapon and just keep that steady running game so that you can go ahead and develop chemistry for golf throughout the team not just a single receiver or a single tight end
0: and i like it and two i do and two thoughts to go with that quickly I like that Goff is utilizing Gurley as a receiver this year. It gets that kid out in space. and it, it just seems to get him into the game. The early on, you've noticed they've hit him with a couple of wheel routes or a couple of swing passes to kind of get to of Sloan with that kid. And Orlando Skandrick, if you don't get your hands on Sammy Watkins when off the line of scrimmage, <laughs> you're in for a long day, my friend.
1: Long day. Because he's
0: a little quicker than Larry Fitzgerald. You're in for a long day, bud. You better get your hands on him.
1: That's what, and that's what I'm saying. I, I, I really, I hope Dallas doesn't go into this going, ah, we're playing the Rams at home, and take it easy because they can be caught that way. uh, And Watkins would be would be the guy that could go ahead and possibly light up that secondary. Uh, I'm not, you know, it's very interesting to say take a look at the NFC East. And except for the Giants, who have no linebackers, (laughs) okay, they have no linebackers, but they they have a hell of a... Yeah, well, that's a whole other story. We'll get to that. But they have a defensive backfield. Now, conversely, the Eagles are uh, are struggling at the back end. Dallas is struggling at the back end. Washington Uh is starting to pick up a little bit better at that back end. Um, Right. So... It's. I can see Watkins, man. I definitely can see Watkins. And like I said, jo, uh, Goff's putting up 270 a game. That 270 is going to be going to somewhere, folks. Anyway, go ahead, keep going. What do we have? Buffalo, Buffalo, Atlanta. Yes.
0: You know, Buffalo, Atlanta. First matchup since 2013, December 1st. Atlanta won that game 34-31. These are the kind of matchups... Forget the fact that it's Buffalo. They're a rival team for me, being a Dolphins fan. These are the kind of games I enjoy on a weekly basis. These matchups you only see once every three or four years. Uh, you know, the teams aren't necessarily familiar with each other, so they usually make for a good game. But the stat I want to throw out there, we just got done beating up Des Bryant. I want to beat up a top five, consensus top five fantasy running back in, LaShawn McCoy, 48 carry for 140 yards and no touchdowns. That leads to a robust 2.9 yards per carry for uh, Mr. Shady McCoy. And just to give you a frame of reference, Tyrod Taylor in 24 carries, that's exactly half of his carries, has 106 yards for a 4.4 yards per carry average. So at this point, I think Tyrod Taylor being your leading rusher in Buffalo, I'm pretty shocked to see a 2-1 record from that team. We look at their receiving core. Jordan Matthews leads the team in yards, eight catches, 152 yards, while tight end Charles Clay leads the team in receptions, uh, 13 of those for 115 yards, two touchdowns. Been a a sneaky fantasy play, unless you're the jester who called it early. Again, makes me sick, but got to go say what it is. But a name to watch who seems to be becoming more involved on a weekly basis is Nick O'Leary, tight end out of Florida State. Uh, This is a kid, two catches on the year, 53 yards, but if you notice, his snap count is increasing, and the kid is far more talented than Charles Clay, and I think as the season progresses, will become more of a factor. We look at Atlanta. Atlanta is Atlanta. Matt Ryan, uh, uncharacteristically bad turnover game last week, still four touchdowns, three interceptions on the season. Uh, Devontae Freeman, 227 yards, four touchdowns, 4.4 per carry. You know, people that worry about having a guy like Tevin Coleman. Coleman's still getting his 20 carries, 104 yards. But the name I'm expecting to have a big week this week is Julio Jones. 16 catches, 265. Hasn't found the end zone yet. I think this is the week he goes off. I look for a two, possibly three touchdown game from him this week. And lastly, a guy that a lot of fantasy owners are sleeping on, Mohamed Sanu, 15 catches, 160 yards, and a touchdown Low-end wide receiver, two that's available in a lot of leagues. Uh, he's overlooked. This is the kind of guy that can, from a week-to-week basis, have, you know, 50, 60 yards, but is capable of putting up a 100-yard game. But the thing I like about him, it's not necessarily a fantasy stat, is he's probably the best run-blocking wide receiver in the NFL, which means you're not going to see this guy taken off the field. He's out there. You've got to be out there to have a chance to make catches. Julio Jones is going to draw double coverage. Taylor Gabriel, after his incident last week, they let him loose in the slot. He made the team pay for it. I think he'll draw underneath coverage, which leaves Mohamed Sanu in that 10- to 17-yard range in single coverage, a guy that you can play if you've got injuries or underperforming wide receivers.
1: Nice. Nice. Interesting uh, that you I brought got, up a thing ask you. about Clay. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Right. Oh, I got to ask you, if you're, I mean, two weeks in a row now, it's been, I mean, pitiful isn't even the word for it. Are, are, you, are you panicking if you're LaShawn McCoy? And... Uh,
1: I'm, I'm starting to put feelers out there to see what I can get for him.
0: You, you know, I'm I, mean, wondering I wanted if... to bring this up on the show. I wanted to bring this up on the show. This reminds me of, what, seven, six, seven, eight years ago after Sean Alexander came off that 28-29 touchdown season was an absolute fantasy stud, and there, was, there wasn't a fall-off, disappeared. So that's what this is reminiscent of to me. You look at the season LaShawn McCoy had last year, and now he's, he's absolutely gone.
1: No, and he's not <laughs> – he's facing an uphill battle because, you know, uh, I hate to tell people, Atlanta has a pretty good run defense. They're, uh, <laughs> hold on now, they're, I don't want to lie to people. Let me just double check. <laughs> Ninth. Top 10. 85 yards against the game. So he's got and an uphill he, battle this week, too.
0: Yes. Yes, it does. And uh, Where
1: he might see he, it, though. No, no, no. PPR people. They are going to be the ones that like Shady this week. Because, again, I, I and the reason why I'm a big Clay uh, person this week is because I'm expecting Atlanta to be putting points on the board and, and they're going to have to throw. I see them get, get, throwing the ball more to uh, McCoy for it.
0: Right. Well, so. expect to see that. Expect to see, I think, expect to see Shady struggle in the running game. Expect to see Julio Jones play. And expect not to get a freaking Chick-fil-A sandwich in the stadium because the restaurant's closed on Sundays. Just saying.
1: True story, folks. You can't make this up. You, can, you, you, you go ahead. You have people at the stadium, very smart people at the stadium. Obviously, they, they, they've planned a whole stadium. Wow, that must take a lot. and then That's
0: a hideous stadium, by the way.
1: Then, on top of it, okay, you have a company that sells a lot of food. And it must take Good a one. lot to do that. Yeah. And nobody in that meeting said, hey, when you fill those stadiums on Sunday, Why are you putting a restaurant that's closed on Sundays? Nobody said that. It is the most amazing thing to be overlooked. Or was it something that actually was planned? I mean, that they went into it knowing, yeah, one of our restaurants is going to be closed every Sunday when we have the NFL here (laughs) for eight weeks plus playoffs.
0: Which predominantly plays. Yeah, you know, on Sunday. Occasionally on Monday <laughs> or Thursday, but predominantly Sunday. You
1: know. I, I have no clue. Obviously, people wake way friggin' smarter than me. Anyway, hey,
0: Philadelphia. This is, is going to be the game of the week for me. That's all I'm saying. Game of the week, that Atlanta-Buffalo game.
1: Okay. Nice. All right. We'll see. Like I said, I I, I can see it uh, being a good one. Um, Philadelphia, L.A. Chargers. Ooh. Interesting going on. There's interesting things going on in the uh, Philadelphia backfield. You know, Blount got to see 12 c- touches against the Giants. Smallwood got to see 12 touches. But so did a young man named Mr. Clement, JT's been talking about. He got six carries for 22 yards and a touchdown. Now, this week here, they're playing an L.A. Chargers team that is fo- that has led up the 14th It is dangerous to play any one of those backs right now because quite apparently they're just going to spread the wealth and let them battle it out amongst each other. Expect that to continue on before they could even possibly name a lead back for a couple more weeks. That's my fair assessment of that situation. People will keep asking me which one's going to come out of it And I can go ahead and literally make an argument for each and every one of them. I don't know. I wish I could give you folks the answer on that one. When I can't give you an answer, I'm going to let you know. I can literally JT, I can make an argument for any one of those three backs to emerge out of that back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now the charges on the other hand, uh, folks, I hope people, if you're a Melvin Gordon owner, I hope you've gone out and gotten Oliver off the waiver wire. Be, let, let's be let's understand where your running back is. He's a guy who had microfracture surgery after his rookie year. He's a guy that missed three games for the same knee last year. Two years mm-hmm. ago, okay. Now this is the same knee that was banged up in the off season is now giving him problems now
0: and you are creating him or right.
1: backing him up i'm sorry right
0: and, and to piggyback what you're saying for those of you not familiar microfracture surgery doesn't it doesn't fix anything all it does is buy time okay it just yes. buys time uh, that it, just to give you a, a, a comparison Amari Stoudemire for you NBA fans Out there who had microfracture Surgery early on in his career Was never the same guy again. Yeah, the same. By his time But mm-hmm. it doesn't fix the problem So I agree Brian Oliver's a must If you're a Melvin Gordon owner
1: Yeah or, or try and trade him if somebody's to right. if you can find somebody to take him You never know but You facing... always find
0: somebody mm-hmm. Yeah
1: yeah, Not if you play in no some some of these leagues here, I'm telling you, it's tough, it's tough. You could have somebody like in one of our leagues, JT, go ahead and put Goldman up on two different leagues boards as available on the block, okay? And then you go uh-huh. make an offer and be told, yeah, but I'm thinking Goldman's gonna it might, might do something. Well, then why did you put him on your block?
0: Well, because there's particular individuals that just like to get trade offers because it makes them feel better about their team.
1: Okay, that explains it then, because I, I I saw Goldman, and we'll get into that in a little bit, but anyway, Philly 11th fewest, okay, Philly 11th fewest, and that includes the Giants. That's who uh, the Chargers are facing, so They can probably run on him, but I'm just, like I said, I'm curious as far as uh, his health moving forward. Let let me ask you this. Yeah.
0: Let me ask you this because a lot of people, especially in PPR leagues, are hurting the fact that Mr. Darren Sproles hurt his wrist and his knee on the same play and is out for the year. Who fills that Darren Sproles role for Philadelphia? Because he had a specific – uh specific set of talent, kind of like taking—you know—the guy's got a specific set of skills. Um, so, so, who do you who do you see filling that role?
1: Uh, again, that could be uh, Smallwood or Clement.
0: Okay, so you see, it's still up in there for that role as well. Okay, I like it.
1: I think Back, Smallwood ends up is, the guy. Yeah,
0: it's fill the Sproles role. I think Smallwood ends up filling the Sproles role.
1: Right, you know, right. Third
0: down receiver, change of pace, passing down type of guy. I think you and know. And then I think see Clement, pass
1: Blount. You think Clement don't oh, pass I, him I Blount?
0: Do. Well, we we heard rumors that Blount wouldn't even make the team coming out of camp. I know he did, but I'm sorry. Where there's smoke, there's fire. You've learned that in the NFL. You've learned that in every sport. I think I think the coaching staff Peterson's just looking for a reason to. Uh, I mean, we saw Blount two weeks ago get zero touches. So I think they're now, just looking for
1: a reason to move on. I think this is going to be a tough game in general for Philadelphia. You're playing a an LA Chargers team that is currently 0 three, trying not to go 0 four in the city. They're trying to get stuff from. It really, it, you know, I I I would not bet against the Chargers this week. And and getting back back into what kind of game it's going to be. So, anyway, going to the wide receivers, okay? There's a clear-cut chain of command for Philadelphia, okay? It is Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey as your one and two guys. They're facing a defense that has led up the seventh-fewest points to tight ends, but the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers. So look for, since the two pretty much split are the two lead guys, look for more of a Jeffrey Day than an Ertz Day. Mm-hmm. Moving okay. forward, yeah, moving forward, okay, the Philly defense has given up 11th most to wide receivers. So when you're talking about Keenan Allen, he's gotten 10 targets, 10 targets, 9 targets. He's the clear-cut leader of of, of of that wide receiver. Terrell Williams has gotten seven, four, and seven. So you're seeing who the clear-cut number two is there. Um, right. I'd like to mention Hunter Henry, but I guess he's zero, a blocking tight end. Yeah, uh, it's uh, I have no idea. The team is struggling for wins, and you're not using one of your best weapons on offense. You have him blocking. I don't personally know the rationale behind that. I
0: don't either. He's like the San Francisco Giants of tight ends. It's all the even years. You know, uh, week one and three, zero targets. Week two, seven targets, seven catches, 80 yards. So here we are on an even week. Let me ask you, as a Hunter Henry owner myself,
1: do you risk
0: playing him this week or do you go with maybe a, a Cameron Braid or something of that nature?
1: Well, uh, I gotta be honest with you. I've been giving everybody uh, Ryan Griffin okay. a great matchup there. Okay. Okay. If, you, if Clay isn't available, if Clay isn't available, just simply because of the volume, I think he's going to get this week. Um, if Clay isn't available, no, I, I could go ahead with a, a and fly with a Griffin and be happy. Okay. Just because things are going to change for both the uh, for everybody. Even if Fuller doesn't catch a damn thing, he's going to pull people that first game off of him or off of both Hopkins. I see Hopkins... Listen, I'll break down... Listen, that whole Houston thing, like I said, I see Hopkins having a big game, okay? Mm -hmm. Very big game. Anyway, back to this one, though. Rivers, uh, you know, probably one of the most... He's a hard luck guy on a hard-luck team. He's got 760 yards, but... Four touchdowns with four interceptions. Three left. Philly's given up. Yeah, and Philly's given up uh, the 14th most points to a quarterback. Again, look for I, I, I don't look for San Diego to lose this game. Wentz has been uh, doing well. Again, the Giants. They they the game plan going into the Giant game was exactly what I said Philly would do. They weren't going to use Wentz. They were going to run against them. And what did they do? They ran, the, they ran running backs 28 times. Wentz had less than 200 yards, the only time so far this season. He's got 816, five touchdowns, two interceptions. Look for him to have a, a quiet game this week. Uh, and quiet for him is 250. Believe it or not, everybody's worried about that charge of secondary. Okay, yeah, like I said, Jeffrey and Ertz. I see more Jeffrey than Ertz, but I, I can't. I, I'm I'm going to see a lot of that San Diego pressure to make up for it this week. Anyway, Torrey Smith gets loose for a deep one. Okay, put you down. For, I'll put you down for one Tory deep. Go ahead. Yep. San Fran, yep. Arizona.
0: <laughs> you know, and, I, and, and there it is. Thank you for making my point. A lot of people laugh when they see 0-3 San Fran, 1-2 and two Arizona. But let's look at the last three matchups with these teams. 19-13 uh, Arizona at the end of uh, 2015. 33-21 Arizona and 23-20 Arizona last season. These generally turn out to be pretty good games. Uh, You know, I think San Francisco's team is markedly better than it was last year. All they have to do is be breathing to accomplish that, so that's pretty much a safe bet. Uh, Brian Hoyer coming off of his best game of the year last year, he is completing over 63% of his passes, two touchdowns to three interceptions, but getting Pierre Garcon going last week was big. It's big for fantasy owners. We're looking at a guy now, 16 catches, 249 yards on the season, a guy that is capable of 80, 85 balls, 1,000 yards. Uh, Marquise Goodwin is there Torrey Smith, their version of that guy That just gets deep uh, Blows the top off the defense But let's talk about Carlos Hyde You know, we mentioned LaShawn McCoy Earlier in the show You know, 48 carries for 140 yards Well, in contrast, Carlos Hyde's at 49 carries For 253 yards 5.2 yards per carry Two touchdowns Uh, Backup Matt Burita, 11 carries for 55 yards That's 5.5 a carry So, Mm -hmm. we're looking at, you know 49ers have some run blocking. They have a running game going. That's what I'm trying to establish here. If you've got a running game, your quarterback can settle in on a play action passing game. Uh, Kittle, I think, is developing at the tight end position. Again, Pierre Garçon, Marquise Goodwin. Goodwin's not somebody I'm going to own in fantasy. Pierre Garçon's a guy I might go buy low on still. You can still get him cheap. Uh, a lot of people think that was a one-game thing from him. I like, his, uh, I like his trend as the season goes. We flip over to the Arizona side of the ball. The running game is atrocious. Uh, Chris Johnson leading the way, twenty-three carries for sixty-one yards, two point seven yards per carry. How many carries at that at that average would it take to be CJ two K? I don't know, seven, eight hundred carries on the season. Um, it's just it's ridiculous. They like Kerwin Williams fifteen for thirty-five. That's a robust two point three yards per carry. Point I'm making: stay away from the Arizona backfield. We've said it on this show since week one after David Johnson went out. Stay away from the Arizona backfield. Uh, Carson Palmer, a lot of people counted him out. Jester mentioned that Thursday night. Sitting at 75 out of 132, 925 yards, four touchdowns, four picks. But we saw Larry Fitzgerald kind of have a resurgence last week coming in on the season. 22 catches, 244 yards, uh, one touchdown. Like to see him get in the end zone a little bit more. And it does seem like, and Jester, you're jump in on this, it does seem like they are trying to get Jermaine Gresham. You know, there's a name from several years ago in Cincinnati. Uh, Jermaine Gresham seems to be getting targeted more and more, not something I'm accustomed to seeing Carson Palmer to. Maybe he's having those Bengal flashbacks when they were teammates in Cincinnati. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jermaine Gresham going forward? Is he a is he a sneaky play at tight end this week?
1: Uh you're gonna see that, you know. Here, here's one of the things I think that's happening with that is uh, when you get used to seeing the same guys show up at practice. When, you, when you've got so many changes on one side, you got to remember you got Fitz. Here, here's who I'm throwing to. I'm throwing to Fitz. Oh wow, you know this guy at Titan keeps showing up. Okay, and on the other side. Well, I've been through John Brown so far in practice. I've gotten uh, J.J. Nelson. J.J. Nelson. I've gotten Jerron Brown. I keep getting <laughs> changes over there. you know what? This other guy, though, this big guy filling the tight ends, he keeps showing up. Maybe I should right. play with him a little. Uh, well, I don't understand why he hasn't been more the offense.
0: we're talking about a guy that was a top pick out of uh, Oklahoma when he came out. Gresham played with Palmer a little bit in Cincinnati before Palmer uh, went another direction. One guy I will say out of the backfield, if you're desperate, you're looking for a streaming play in a PPR league. Andre Ellington, 10 catches for 106 yards. It's not going to get you more than 20 or 30 unless he breaks one on the ground. But he is a very accomplished receiver out of the backfield, a guy with good hands, and Carson Palmer does trust him. So if you're desperate at this point and you're looking for a streaming play, Ellington is somebody you probably could have uh, even at this stage.
1: Um, I would go ahead. I, I'd, say, I, I'd probably go with the idea of uh, it's going to be another – Fitzy day.
0: you like Fitzgerald this week, okay.
1: I, I think it should be another Fitzy day. I think uh, the reason why uh, is simply because to me the middle of that defensive backfield with uh, Reed and Ward, so much mm-hmm. better than than those corners. Yes. So yeah. um, I, I would go ahead see see a good Fitzy day and, and a good mix I see a, a pre- pretty much a mix because of the situation that you have at the other side, wide receiver, a, a constant mix. And if somebody gets to be a hot hand, they'll, they'll keep him uh, in the game a little bit more. Uh, mm-hmm. So well, as far as my, you know, you've heard me before mention, go ahead, play JJ at times. And now right. I'm saying just stay away from the other side of that offense until we see how things shake out.
0: And, and, and when you look at this, though, I think San Francisco is going to do something that I don't understand why Dallas didn't do last Monday night, which was have mm-hmm. Byron Jones come over and give Skandrick some help on Larry Fitzgerald over the top. I think Jimmy Ward, you'll see Jimmy Ward uh, double down on Larry Fitzgerald quite a bit and basically tell Arizona yeah, the other guys are going to have to beat us.
1: You know, folks, the good news is we're giving you a ton of great stuff and a, a great breakdowns on this game. The uh, bad news is is that even though we've extended the time, we're using it, and uh, it's not looking like we're going to be able to get to hockey. We're going to try and still get to basketball as we wrap up some of these games here. Uh, we'll go through these uh, last couple of games here, JT, the Giants-Tampa, uh, listen, we talk. You were just talking about. I said we get to somebody fitting in the system. The Giants dra- finally—he's going to dress this week. JT is Goldman. They drafted this kid because he fits the system. He's run in the system. He was not the feature offensive weapon in college, and he still ran for fifteen hundred yards plus. Mm-hmm. They are facing the Giants if the Giants don't do well against the defense that right now, linebacker Quan Alexander, out. Defensive end, Ayers, questionable. Linebacker, Levante David, doubtful. Cornerback, Grimes, questionable. Defensive tackle, McCoy, questionable. Defensive end, Noah Spence, questionable. Safety, TJ Ward, doubtful. Well, I I pretty much just named uh, all all the The
0: starting defense.
1: (laughs) Pretty much. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven players out of 11, folks. Now, if the Giant offense doesn't get healthy here. You're not getting healthy. No. And and on the other end, okay, uh, look for a great day out of uh, Brait. Uh, I i the, the listen, tight ends always play well against the uh, Giants. I don't see any change there. Uh, look for Winston to have a pedestrian type day because we do have a better secondary. I would say uh, in his final week, which will which will be ironic that it will be his final week, look for Jaquiz to go off to make a statement that you know he's still here on the team, even though he's still going to lose his duties. There you go. Moving along. Uh, listen, you know, I was looking forward to this game, and now I'm not as much. Crabtree has been even further downgraded to doubtful. But I wanted to mm-hmm. see a matchup of that to leave Crabtree uh, uh, round two after uh, Akib Tlaib took the uh, gold chain off of it, broke the chain off of his neck <laughs> in the last matchup. Uh, it doesn't look like we're going to see that. So, God, give us the breakdown, Oakland-Denver, sir.
0: Well, you know, you look at this game and you and you see uh, the Raiders' Derek Carr, Amari Cooper, I'm going to throw Crabtree because he was involved last week, coming off of probably their worst game uh, that you've seen wearing a Raiders uniform. Uh, Cooper won catch six yards, Crabtree won for seven last week. Uh, Derek Carr held without a touchdown pass. And it doesn't get any easier, as you mentioned. You got Chris Harris, Jr., and keep Tlaib and the Denver Broncos uh, to deal with this week, two of the best corners in football, bar none. Uh, then you had Vaughn Miller and that pass rush, Shane Ray, Derek Wolf. You know, it's just it's not going to get easier for Oakland. But what I see from Oakland is I see a guy like Jalen Richard being the guy that will take up the touches that you normally would see go towards Crabtree. A guy that's caught the ball on the back. So he's got four catches, 61 yards on the season. Uh, a guy that also has 13 carries for 84 yards and a touchdown on the season. He is a home run hitter. Marshawn Lynch is a plotter, 36 carries, 139. That's a 3.9 yards per carry average. So I think you see Jalen Rashard use the short passing game to combat. You're not gonna, I, I don't think Cooper's going to have much downfield, especially without Crabtree playing. They're going to lock Cooper down. Uh, Jared Cook might be a nice sneaky play this week. 13 catches, 124 and a touch on the season. So maybe we see Jared Cook get involved. We flip over to the Denver side, and, and don't look now. Mm-hmm. Jamal Charles, 28 carries on the season, 142 yards. That's 5.1 yards per carry. He's also got a touchdown. <laughs> uh, C.J. Anderson, 234 uh, five yards on 53 touches. That's 4.4 in a touchdown. So a nice running game in Denver. Simeon coming back to earth a little bit the last couple weeks. Still at 700 yards, six touchdowns, four interceptions. But well, what I want to talk about is Denver's receivers are literally three deep fantasy-wise. Marius Thomas, uh-huh. 17 for 236, has yet to find the end zone. I think that changes this week. Emmanuel Sanders, 16 for 163 and two scores.
1: But the name that
0: a lot of people aren't looking at is Benny Fowler, eight for 84, two touchdowns. A guy that, you know, is not somebody you start every week, but I still think he's somebody that Simeon's practiced with. Simeon knows, kind of like the Jester says, that's the mayor face. Uh, a guy that also seems to have a knack for going up and getting the ball in the red zone. So a Benny Fowler might be somebody to watch going forward. Uh, tight end position, Virgil Green is more of a glorified H-back fullback, six catches, 73 and a touchdown, but not somebody that I'm playing in fantasy.
1: Okay. Nice. Good stuff. Uh, we're going to keep it moving, folks. I, I have to keep it moving. We're up against it here. So, Indy, Seattle. Indy travels to Seattle in a game. There's no way in my eyes that Indy wins this game traveling to Seattle. Um, You've got so far a very unspectacular gore rushing uh, on the season for 145, two touchdowns. As much as JT probably will argue with me on this one, I still see down the road this season Marlon Mack becoming the back in that backfield. I know you don't agree with me on that, but that no. is what's going to happen. Look for a 20 carries, 75 – yeah, no, no, no. And that's cool. Look for a 20 carries, 75 yards, and a touchdown out of Gore this week. Uh, Seattle lets up the ninth, ninth most fantasy points, two running backs. Carson, on the other side, though, Chris Carson, okay, is going against a surprising – 13th, 13th most points. I can't believe that Seattle gives up that kind uh, of rushing. And Chris Carson, who's completely taking over that backfield uh, more and more each week, is going to go ahead and have a fantastic day. Look for – here's one of the things. I, I want to I see what happens. Baldwin was picking up steam. Now I want to see. They call him. He they say questionable right now. He's saying he's playing Pete Carroll's he's game playing. time decision. But if he doesn't, if it, 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 listen, if he doesn't watch Richardson. Richardson's been playing very nice lately, and against against an indie defensive backfield, it's going to be uh, uh, just uh, Seattle. Seattle. Uh, just what their offense needed was an Indy defense to go against at home. JT, last one, Monday night, Washington, Kansas City, and what I believe is going to be a fantastic Monday night game. Which
0: leads me to believe it won't be, because usually when you think they're going to be great on Monday night, they turn out to be crap. Uh, that being <laughs> said, Kirk Cousins back last week, 363 touchdowns. Chris Thompson, the guy that I was on last year with people, was a year ahead on this kid. 14 carries, 119 yards. That's an 8.5 yards per carry average. There's a theme here. Two touchdowns on the season. 13 catches for 231 yards. That's a 17.8 yards per catch average. Two touchdowns. Point being, I've seen leagues for Chris Thompson still sitting there on the waiver wire. They're not my leagues because he would be sitting there. The only negative with this kid is because of his size. He's not a guy that can be thrown out there every game, every play. Gruden has said it, and he's sticking to it. A big question for me in this game, and it's a Monday nighter, if you've got Jordan Reed and you're planning on playing him, you better have Vernon Davis on your bench. Jordan Reed's still iffy for the game this week. He's practiced a few Mm -hmm. times this week, but you better have Vernon Davis on your bench. Let's flip over to Kansas City. I mentioned that 8.5 yards per carry for Chris Thompson. Let's look at Kareem Hunt. 47 yards, or 47 carries, 401 what? yards, 8.5 yards per carry, four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an unbelievable. I mean, we're talking, you know, 47 carries to be carrying it for eight and a half a carry. Uh, is absolutely ridiculous. Tyreek Hill versus Josh Norman will be a fun matchup to watch. I think Tyreek Hill absolutely exposes Norman for the fraud that he is, a guy that's living off of one season who hasn't done jack squat since. Uh, Tyree Kill will abuse him Monday night. And I think Travis Kelsey has a field day, 144 on 14 catches. Look for the, the trend to feed him the ball, which Kansas City's done each of the last two weeks, to continue along. Last but not least, Terrell Pryor. This is Terrell Pryor's best game of the year. I think so that will be his coming out. He's going against a guy like Marcus Peters, who's, one of my opinions, 1A, 1B, the best corner in football. I still think Pryor has a nice physical game, and I think Pryor comes out with at least 80 yards
1: and a touchdown in this one. Nice. Nice. And there's your week, folks. Some of the things real quick I want to get to just before we're going to get to NBA here is this. My top five guys that are likely still on your waiver wire that you definitely want to go ahead and watch. You have Brita over in San Fran. Goleman for the Giants. Oliver. Got to back Oliver because I'm telling you that kids need no good. Um, You've got Clement and then Jalen Richard. Those are the five guys I telling everybody just keep them on your watch list. See what's going on in those backfields and and, uh, where they're moving forward. The other note. Top QBR, you might want to start paying attention to your QBR ratings, folks. Brady, Keenum, Ryan, Goff, Stafford, Watson, Wentz, Breeze, and Prescott. The bottom are Dalton, Flacco, Newton, Kaiser, Hoyer, Glennon, Cutler, Manning, and Carr. Interesting to see how those play out and those change over the next couple weeks. I'm tired of seeing my Giants at the bottom of every offensive category. I can't wait to see that change. Moving along, changing gears, if you will, Um, changing gears. Because we do, other than football, believe it or not, around here, folks, uh, we do cover a little round ball. How you doing? This is Bo Outlaw. you listen listening to the Fantasy Justice Show. Yeah. And right now, you know, up on Fantasy Justice Sports, on the website, Kid Kelly's just recently done an article on the Northwest. And uh, I have uh, a couple of notes of my own. Now, it's widely known that as we cover all four sports, uh, my weakest sport, and I have no problem with You, know, you have to have one. that you can. Obviously, there's got to be a first and a last. My worst is uh, basketball, and uh, it's one of JT's that he excels at. So I go ahead, and I want to defer to JT first on the Northwest and what he saw out of Kid Kelly's article and what his personal opinion is. And then I have a couple of things I want to throw in there that I see as well. JT, go ahead. Uh, Northwest, so, we've got the Jazz. We've got Thunder, Portland, uh, Denver, and Minnesota. Yeah,
0: you know, when, when I look at that and I look at the Kid Kelly article, it's basically, um, you know, to me, it's an homage to the Oklahoma City Thunder when you read that. yeah, you know, They stole Paul George for, uh, for a pet contract and a prospect, basically, Uh, my question is how will him and him, how will him and Russell Westbrook coexist? I don't, I know Russell Westbrook was just signed to an extension. So him being on the free agent market, that's done. He knows where he is. Yeah. The guy basically averaged a triple double per game last year, but to me it showed exactly how selfish he was because they were basically meaningless triple doubles. There's no way that this team can win a championship like this. Uh, you know, the people think that you just throw these teams together. When the when the big three, Bosch, Wade, and James down in Miami, they didn't win right away. It took some time. So uh, I think Oklahoma City is kind of a fool's gold, to borrow a line from uh, uh, another show. Uh, I like what she had to say about the Jimmy Butler ad to Minnesota. I think that's the best ad uh, of the off season for any team, in my opinion. You look at Minnesota, Tom Thibodeau, defensive coach. You bring a veteran that can play lockdown defense, the ball, pass the ball, rebound, and you add them to guys. And then other guys, that they've got Jeff T, Jamal Crawford, Taj Gibson, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, you know. They did lose Zach Levine, Ricky Rubio. Those are guys that are off injured. I don't really think that that's going to hurt this team at all. Chris Dunn, I think, is safe to call him a draft bust at this point. The guy hasn't lived up to any of the hype. So I like what Minnesota's done this, uh, this offseason. The team I think that hurts the most, she pointed this out, losing a guy like Gordon Hayward in Utah, I think that really hurts this team. They do pick up Ricky Rubio, Donovan Mitchell in the draft, but they lose George Hill, who's a veteran point guard, uh, kind of the glue for that locker room and that team. I think that's going to hurt that more people realize. Gordon Hayward going over to the Eastern Conference in Boston, I think that's going to hurt. Let's talk about Portland real quick. Uh, what what can Portland hang their hat off from last year? Oh, they got Yusuf Nurik from uh, Denver in a trade. That was about the best thing they had going for them. Drafted Zach Collins this year. Uh, Caleb Swann again. I think both of those guys are going to be key players as the season goes along. Alan Crabb, a guy they lost, was one of those bench players that just kind of come in and fill up the stat sheet for you. Uh, kind of an underrated loss for that team. But uh, that's something I think that will show as the season goes along. And let's let's talk about Denver. They lost to the Joseph, Joseph Norick trade. They got Mason Plumlee, who's absolutely garbage at this point in the league. What do they do? They go out and find Paul Millsap, who's one of the best free agents on the market, a guy that can average 20 points, 9, 10, 11 rebounds. Just a good overall player. I think that helps their front line. Uh, Danilo Gallinari's moved along. Really good shooter. Could carry you for a few games at a time. oft injured. I think they're better off without him. They added Trey Lyles in the draft. Tyler Lydon. And my pick to win that division is the Denver Nuggets, not the Oklahoma City Thunder, Carmelo or not.
1: Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Because, yeah, you know, it is well-documented. Everybody thought that first year, as soon as they put that Miami Heat team together, uh, that Mm -hmm. was it. They were going to win. Yes. And, uh that isn't always the case as everybody's getting used to still working together. And and, go ahead. Ask
0: the Lakers when they put Gary Payton, Carl Malone, Kobe, all those guys together. We were terrible when they added those guys to the roster. It just doesn't translate right away. And I think you have too many me first players on that roster. I think by the all-star break, you're going to see a lot of infighting going on that team.
1: Uh, it's interesting that you bring that up because of the dynamic of the team. It's going to take a hell of a coaching job. That's what might hold them back is how to get this all work together. Because you have Westbrook, Paul George, and Mello. And it's not like, okay, the other two guys, well, they're schlubs that aren't used to being – you know, getting the ball. You're talking about two former first-round picks in 2013 in Adams and Roberson.
0: Roberson, right.
1: (laughs) So you've got five (laughs) dynamic personalities, guys that, you know, two first-round picks, Mellow being Mellow, Paul George being Paul George, and Westbrook being Westbrook. Boy, let me tell you something. See, unlike that you had guys on the great Chicago team, or the Miami team that were okay. Taking that back seat. Who's going to take the back seat out of that group?
0: Well, and Paul George is playing for a big contract next season too. Don't forget that. Yeah. He's going to want to put he's up the going to take
1: the back seat. That's right. That is going to be interesting. And so it'll be from the coaching uh, standpoint that I, I, take a look at things there. I think me personally, the team that I like If you can keep Taj Gibson healthy, you look at Minnesota with Towns, Gibson, Wiggins, Mm -hmm. Butler, and a very serviceable Jeff Teague at at point guard now. Guy with Mm -hmm. a little experience back there. Right. That that's a pretty that's a if Gibson can be play healthy, stay healthy, but that right there. Is the bugaboo for them, I believe, is whether or not he can stay healthy.
0: I agree. And I, what I think holds them back, I'm going to uh, kind of mirror what you said about OKC, is in this case, the amazingly strong personality of their head coach, who rubbed a, Tom Thibodeau, who rubbed a lot of people the wrong way with his uh, abrasive, we'll call it abrasive, coaching style in Chicago, mm-hmm. other than Taj Gibson and, and Butler. Guys like Towns, Teague, Jamal Crawford, who doesn't like authority in any
1: way, shape, or form.
0: These guys haven't played under an iron-fisted head coach, and I think that's what holds them back this year.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Well, I got to be honest with you. I really do. Uh, I, I do like covering uh, basketball. Some of these teams now are starting to go ahead. it's not going to be as clear cut as uh, some people think. I think this is the year we see a couple of surprise teams go ahead and step up Uh, Mm -hmm. JT real quick. Anybody uh, you want to throw out there, a player in any given sport, I don't care. Pick one that we haven't talked about.
0: Well, I mean, you know, I was kind of looking forward to our hockey coverage tonight so was I. Um, you know, we got hockey coming. And, and a guy that I just want to throw out there that I'm excited about this season is uh, Andy Renata, goaltender in Arizona. You know, I've been watching him on and some of the uh, mock drafts, the ADP on him is the 160 range. You know, I think this is a guy that if teams can remain, uh, players can remain healthy in front of him, has a chance mm-hmm. to win some games. It, it, he's a guy that I don't see. Uh, 2.26 goals against, 922 save percentage, four shutouts. Uh, you know, last year. I think this is a guy that too many people are sleeping on and a guy that can be had late and help your team
1: win. Fantastic. Fantastic. He was actually my goaltender I was giving. Uh, so, and, and oh, I'm sorry. I you're Dead serious. That was my goaltender. You took my goaltender. Uh, you know what, folks? Uh, go ahead. Take Kelfbaum. He's a little bit later in the draft. It seems like he's fallen a little bit at defense. Go and grab my boy, New Jersey devil Nico Heesher. He will go ahead and label I wanted to talk more hockey. Okay, we can go ahead. We'll cut down a little bit on the football. Oh just oh, we'll release my fantasy Baseball. I'm gonna do much more. turn to the Thursday gridiron Guys. I'm But J.C. is the gang. I'm out. Look. If you had...
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh.